This podcast is proudly brought to you by light bulbs. Why? Because light bulbs make the Mothman cometh. Howdy, everybody. This is 321 Count with Chris and Brian. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Brian. Co host. <laughs> Asshole. We also have a couple special guests with us. Uh, you guys mind introducing yourselves? Uh, yeah, I'm Bill Cusfro, alias Pops. Nice. I'm Scott. I have no alias. <laughs> Well, everybody, uh, we decided to make this a uh, special little episode. Uh, Bryant and I have a cover band called The Mothman Cometh. Name constantly changing, but always keeping Mothman somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> hopefully we'll have a gig one of these days. But uh, it consists with uh, myself on drums and vocals, Bryant on guitar and vocals. Uh, Pops is on bass and backing vocals, and Scott is our singer, and he also plays some drums for us as well. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we decided um, it'd be good for everybody to give a little bit of background on themselves, um, just in terms of what they've done musically. And um, Pops, why don't you uh, lead it off? Uh, my background consists of playing guitar in grammar school. Uh, also, sign language, why you play the guitar, which is very complicated and hard to do. Um, I played in a band called Centigrade, played the drums. No backing vocals, just drums. Uh, recorded a few songs. Um, you wrote the opening line to one song, yeah? Yeah, actually about the first verse. Um, Laid on us. Oh, it's... I can't remember it. What, what? The, the song was called Grandma's Hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, actually, that's why I wanted to ask him. <laughs> shit, I really want to hear that. Oh, man. <laughs> we actually started recording that one, but we didn't finish it. We, did some, we had a song called 501, or 502, I'm sorry, which has to do with the DUI, but, uh, which a few of us is in my old band had so um started getting into music uh again in grammar school through the bus driver used to play kfrc dr don rose was the disc jockey pretty well known in the bay area um got into concerts when i was in junior high first band i ever seen was led zeppelin Damn, not bad. And then second was Kiss <laughs> and then Queen. So, okay. so nobody else give their background because I, mean, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to talk about the first band that song. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been into music all, pretty much all my life. It's soothing to me. That's awesome. Was that, was that, the bus driver just had the radio going? Yeah, because it was a small bus. No seat belts anywhere. Just going no. rock and roll, jamming yeah. out. That's awesome. You know, you had, uh, what was, Grand Funk was on there, CCR, Credence. Um, Meanwhile, you're in, in that, like, middle seat, just writing Grandma's hair, yeah. just fucking rocking out. Yeah. Did you um, play any uh, famous um, local venues? Uh, the Omni in Oakland. Oh, okay. There was about, I want to say about 600 people. Oh, wow. Nice. We opened for Spastic Children, which was a band formed by a couple of members of Metallica who switched instruments. Uh, 
the lead guitarist, he played bass, and the singer played, um, what did he play? He played drums, I believe, yeah. And then they had other people singing. Did you talk to them after the show? No, I didn't. They, they had their own thing going on. They oh, were wow. like, you know. <laughs> Divas, too big for their bridges. Yeah, pretty much. It's ah, like, so oh, that started early here. for them. <laughs> yeah. Spastic children. I like that band name, though. So, take it away. Um, I grew up in the choir at the church. My dad was okay. the choir director and all that, so I just grew up in the church singing. And um, my dad was also in a country band called Southern Comfort when I was a little kid. So I was always like around with the live music. And then because I had a tumultuous, uh, turbulent relationship with my dad, I never wanted to be a part of the music scene until I was in high school. What did he play? Uh, sing. And then like he, oh, okay. he was, um, he had an aptitude for all instruments, but he never really excelled at any instruments. So that okay. makes sense. Yeah. He, he could like, Hold his own on most instruments you put in front of him. Um, sang like a lark. Man had the most beautiful singing voice I've ever heard oh. in real life. Like he, he would just bring an entire church to tears no matter what he sang. It was really impressive. Wow. Um, so maybe it, like we didn't get along, but then also maybe I was probably nervous to step in his shoes in front of wow. the same group of people that heard him sing. So that was probably part of it. Then I got into theater in high school because I really wanted to bang this chick uh, and she was in theater. And so that was my way in. And then... Part of the fun. And so uh, the first show that I auditioned for like bangs a drum, but it's just really hot theater chick. <laughs> and so the first show that I got cast in was a musical, uh, Oliver. Uh, yeah, I got cast as Fagin, uh, just because I looked older than everybody else in my high school. Not because I was stupid. I just, some reason looked older. Um, I wasn't held back many grades. Um, and then I realized that I, it was fun to sing in public. Uh, and then basically like for years, it was just musical theater singing, uh, show tunes and stuff. And then I moved to New York, uh, where I got caught up in like the punk and hardcore scene. And then I stopped being a singer and just was playing drums, um, which I picked up in New York because my buddy John, who um, is an amazing drummer, punk rock drummer, he was like, I want to start a band, but I don't want to play drums. I just want to play rhythm guitar and make everybody else do all the work. Scott, <laughs> you could keep a beat, play a drum. And so he threw me behind the drums and that's when I started playing it. Um, the, the band that we started was called New Damage. Um, which was really like, it got really big in the New York hardcore scene for mm. a couple of years. Like we played this thing called Punk Rock Island. You guys ever heard of that? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, but yeah. they turned Governor's Island for a weekend marathon in Punk Rock Island. And we actually played the main stage opening for Reagan Youth when they got that new singer, like oh. the new young guy yeah. who was a total, total prick. Damn. He was the <laughs> worst. But we, we opened for Reagan Youth, um, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, at I mean, Punk Rock Island. Yeah, yeah, Punk Rock Island. Um, that was pretty cool. And then there was a lot of side projects involving two of the same guys. We were in Paul McLeod's Electric Chair, uh, which also played drums. That was a great band because what we did it was uh, we would just time things out for 10 minutes. And it was like we wanted to make a sludge rock band. And I would have a timer next to me. And when it came to 10 minutes, I would go to a different beat or a different tempo. 
And our singer was a guy who was a 60-year-old guy named Walter P. from Harlem. And he would just sit in a chair and read scripture over sludge rock music. It was awesome. <laughs> Paul McLeod's electric chair. That was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> White Trash Bronx was just a different grouping of similar guys. Um, never did any singing for any of that stuff. But that's, that's how I got into found drums and, and had a lot of fun doing that. And just basically playing live music and just like got the bug of just being around the environment of live music. Um, so singing with Mothman is like awesome because I go back to my roots of just like being this flamboyant singer, um, which is great. All right. Yeah. Who was the first, what was the first concert you saw? Since, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Zeppelin's pretty cool. But I saw Sean on Ah was my first fucking <laughs> Actually, I would have liked to <laughs> followed closely by Oak Ridge Boys and then Alabama. Oh. So is if that's any kind of insight into what I grew up around. Uh. <laughs> so you can all be super jealous that I saw Sean on uh. and <laughs> Alabama was, live in concert. My dad was a big fan of Sean on We used to watch the show every time it came on TV. Fucking Bowser, man. Yep. You, get, get, you don't get cooler oh, than Bowser. Man. Yep. You just don't. Bryant tries desperately, <laughs> but he doesn't. He's yeah. cooler than Bowser. Well, any favorite venues over at uh, New York you played in? Oh, well, Punk Rock Island was pretty cool. But man, we played a place called Otto Shrunken Head all the time, which was really, really cool. It's just a tiki bar, but they like really catered to the punk scene. Like they really loved the punk scene. So it was like every other weekend you're playing Otto Shrunken Head. It's down on uh, St. Mark's. And like 14th Street, like right at the top of uh, Alphabet City. It was like a really, really cool spot. Um, we played the lesser Webster Hall, the one across the street from actual Webster Hall. Oh. So, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Um, we did burn down a bar. So that's pretty cool. Siberia in Times Square. It burned down the day after we played there. So we claim that we burned down Siberia. Ooh. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> So that um, auto play is still around? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I still follow a lot of my friends from that scene on Instagram, and they're still just doing it. Like, well, not right now. They haven't played in a year because of yeah. COVID, but yeah, yeah um, there's a giant show scheduled <laughs> yeah. for as soon as everything opens That's up. Why we haven't played because so. of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't get really into music till later on, till like uh, high school. I got into it because of uh, Guitar Hero, which is <laughs> such a positive it's thing. because you're our Guitar Hero. <laughs> that is, oh, that's man. really funny, man. That's cool. Uh, so, but I, I did play video games. I had a lot of like, rock music, kind of like punk rock and um, Tony Hawk's video games. So I, that's how I got into punk rock. But then uh, Guitar Hero is what got me interested into guitar. So I didn't play until, uh, what was it? I think the 11th grade, I think. I took guitar class, and from there I just been playing guitar, not improving, just stay the same. <laughs> beginner. So you Can't started so. out ripping shit. Yeah. You're talking beginner. about at that time, right? No, I'm still, I'm no still. you're you're not a beginner now. Yeah, yeah. Not a beginner now. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Play Secret Agent Man the first time looks like shit, then looks up the chords, then pulls off this amazing <laughs> solo on the next take. Yeah. I can imagine though the first guitar class that he took when he was pissed off because where are the buttons? <laughs> <laughs> this guitar's fucking broken. Yeah, I was like, oh man, it's like you play one thing and six yeah. strings. Oh shit. I think you can play guitar while I play through the fire and flames on expert. <laughs> yeah. So really enough, like in guitar here, I only got up to hard or medium. So I never got to expert. So 
just like actual guitar. I'm not an expert. <laughs> ah, uh, somewhat different. <laughs> somewhat argue yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Push your buttons. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Just learned that. And then uh, when we started that band after high school, like around 2012 with uh, Joe, that's when I switched to bass. And I, I actually really like bass now. Uh, I play guitar, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, guitar. Even though I started out with it. Actually, the guitar class was garbage. I didn't learn anything. I had to go, uh, during the summer, I, I practiced for two months, uh, an hour a day, and I would look up YouTube videos and just learn the crap and just like look up tabs and just learn songs. That's how I learned over a summer. But yeah, we did a band with Joe, and after that, it broke up, and then... Uh, with one show, to our credit. With one show, yeah. Which... At the very famous venue of Joe's Garage. <laughs> yeah, and that one show, yeah. We should have more, but... <laughs> It was fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted. I guess so. You and I became Uh, very good friends out of it. That's the only good thing about it. I would tell my friend, let's write a song, like, put three chords together. And they would literally just put three chords together and not do a bridge or anything. Like, I I just said three chords just to, like, get you motivated. Have you never heard a song? There's actual structure to songs. Yeah. It's not just three chords over and over. Yeah, I was talking backwards. (laughs) (laughs) It was that one song where we put two chords. It's okay to know three chords, but at least play them in order. (laughs) Yeah, so then it was that other song where I said, like, okay, just put two chords together just to start it off. And then they just did the two chords. And I was like, oh my God, these guys, like, uh, so I, no imagination, no imagination. So I was like, I like the recording process. It was pretty fun because we have to record songs and Joe still has like the, I think he still has the, the masters or whatever. On SoundCloud, on there's SoundCloud. still stuff there. I was actually looking up the yeah. other day. Villains is on there, which is still my favorite one that we did from that era. Only hero. What was <laughs> that? What was that first band called? The uh, one that played the, the garage venue. Oh, that was everyone's hero. Everyone's, that was everyone's favorite, favorite villain. Yeah. Everyone's favorite yeah. villains. Yeah. What a cool band name that is, man. Chris comes up with the band names and everything. <laughs> it's a cool band name. Yeah. So after that, it was years and years until I joined the Empire Slum, which are these two guys from Alameda. These are the guys I'm with right now. But I haven't seen them in years. Very year. good band. Uh, the guitar is so good. Uh, the yeah, drummer too. Yeah, I saw you guys. The trio, the trio, outstanding. I saw you guys at the bistro <laughs> and Hayward, and I was blown away. I mean, it's really, really good. Yeah, that's when I noticed that you have uh, like your left hand is a spider. Was my so, review like see him playing the bass? Like afterwards, I was like, it's like watching a tarantula go up and down <laughs> the neck. Yeah, like y'all killed, man. Yeah, the, the guitar is really good. I like all, almost all their songs. I think like ninety nine percent of the songs are actually like, so which is weird because usually I hate a song when some, I'm in a band, like the uh, everyone's favorite villains. There was like maybe one or two songs I liked, and the other ones were just like ah, I hate these songs. I don't want to play them. But yeah, that's about it. Just Three bands. This is the third band I've been in. But just playing guitar and bass and not improving. Just staying at the same level. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> okay, right. well, self-deprecation aside. <laughs> yeah, no, Bryant Brian was, like, hiding, like, secret talent from us. He would, like, play guitar, and we're like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, this guy's not bad. Then all of a sudden, he buys a new guitar. And then it's like, holy shit, you could play guitar? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, yeah, I like the guitar. You should have seen the disappointment on his face when you didn't show up. And... Oh, yeah. I was pissed. <laughs> oh, that was the last practice, right? The, the one before Thanksgiving? I think uh, when, when you yeah, brought the guitar, November, yeah, yeah. I got the guitar around November. Because I, because I feel like the the last practice that like when we were all supposed to be there was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and that's when yeah. like I I sent the text like I'm just not feeling all that well, like I'm super tired, I'm sluggish. 
Because it was funny because he goes, I got something to show you guys. Yeah. I was yeah, trying to keep it a secret. And then, and then I was I just really glad it wasn't his wiener this time. I mean, and truth be told, the reason I didn't go to practice that night was because I knew he was unveiling a new guitar. Chris <laughs> told me. And I, I wanted to steal that thunder from Brian. <laughs> That sounds like you. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a a it. I mean, you know, hey, lead singer. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, just like mediocre, and then he's not guys. mediocre. Don't mediocre. let him fool you. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Okay. Okay. Now uh, speaking. First uh, concert. Oh yeah. oh yeah, first concert I went to was uh, System of Down, 2015. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, they came back after. So that was a late stage in your life. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Everything I'd done so late. Yeah, but my favorite one was going to Punk and Drublet, which was in Concord. Oh man, the first time I went to a mosh pit, and I got knocked out. So <laughs> good time. Oh yeah, didn't you have to go, go to the medical tent? They did. Oh, they they awesome. gave me a bunch of water, and they're like, "Drink water, you're dehydrated." And I was like, "Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that gonna do for my black eye?" <laughs> Down my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that that was the first concert system went down. Uh, we sat all the way. It was Shoreline, so we sat in the the seats almost all the way in the back. But yeah, we were singing all those songs. Also, Gogo Gogo Bordello. Yeah, was there. Yeah, I got into them. They're man. fun, man. They are. Yeah, that's a fun. That's I, gypsy, I didn't know who they gypsy were. Gypsy punk, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. yeah, it was really good. So yeah, it was it was a fun concert. Uh, venues you played at. Um, my favorite one was uh, the Gilman. garage. I'm sorry, garage. I'm just talking to you. Where Gilman? Gilman, yeah. You played Gilman, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And we were headlining, but no one except for Chris and uh, Paul. Oh, that's awesome. With the Empire Slum, yeah. Empire Slum, oh, yeah. That's and, the one I forgot to remind you of because you, you were asleep on your couch uh, <laughs> and you yeah. were mad at me on Monday. <laughs> the second one would be a uh, beast show or disappointed. I don't, I don't think I've made you mad yet, <laughs> not yet, not yet. It's hard. It's hard to make. Yeah, Gilman was cool. You know, just two people. <laughs> and everyone left. God, there's so much history in Gilman. That's cool. Yeah. Man. That's cool. Okay. Now, well, speaking of mediocre, let's get to Chris. <laughs> yes, the world's most okayest drummer. <laughs> so, um, I started off, I mean, I've been listening to music from a very early age. Um, Pops is my dad. So he got me into probably 90% of the music I listened to um, just because anything over the year 2000, um, you know, wasn't influenced from him. But anything before that, you know, except for, well, even the country music, even though my mom probably listens to a little bit more country music more often than he does. I'd say it's mostly from him. She does listen to that shit that makes you cry. Um, but, um, yeah, so a very young age. Um, I want to say my earliest memory, so I was probably about four or five, and I just remember my dad playing um, the VHS tape of Kiss Live at Houston Summit 1977. And it was during Ace Fraley's guitar solo. I was supposed to be in bed and I would always creep out because he had a couple friends over and I'd always creep out to see what they're doing, try and hang out for a few extra minutes. And I just saw the smoking guitar solo and my jaw just dropped and I was just like, okay, that's it. And Kiss has been my favorite band ever since then. And they would also be the band I'd go see that has my first concert. I got to see the original lineup on their 
farewell tour in 2000, which I do consider the farewell tour because that was the last time it was all four original members. Um, and I went with my dad, got my face painted like Ace Fraley. It was awesome. It's rad. Um, and then Lucky. Paul Stanley, where we were standing at, Paul Stanley would do this thing where he'd go, I'm going to come out to see you all the way in the back. And then he would get on this friggin' cable thing and go all the way up there. Then he'd sing Love Gun, which is one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. And he came down and we were probably like two or three rows back from him because obviously they had to have a little barricade around him. And one thing Pops is really good at is getting you to the fuck fucking front of the line if he possibly can. He's also the fastest person I've ever seen move through a crowd. Probably probably even now, and it's hilarious because you know, he'd like blink and he's gone. Like there are so many times where I was thankful my sister was at a show too, because you blink and Pops is gone. Like, where the fuck did he go? <laughs> And then he shows, and then we find him in the parking lot. Where, where are you guys at? He's on the fucking floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. But um, yeah, I started my my first instrument was actually bass in uh, eighth grade. I joined this band called Metal Monster with uh, Trevor, who we went to high school with, Brian, and uh, John, who's oh the. Monster John? Monster John. Oh. He's a bodybuilder now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Monster John. And he, uh, he loves Monster. <laughs> and, uh, he was on guitar. Trevor was on drums and I was on bass. And it was the first band I was ever in. Barely knew how to hold a bass and, uh, just kind of made things up as I went. That was back in middle school? That was back in middle school. Okay, that yeah. was in eighth grade. I can't remember that. And nice. that band lasted for like a year, didn't play any shows. And then, we all kind of went our separate ways. And then me and Trevor started just like a jam band with the other Trevor who played guitar like sophomore year. And it was like every Friday, almost after school, we would just go over and just play at his place at Trevor B's place. And again, you know, I didn't really sit there and learn how to play bass. Like I just kind of made it up as I went. I would always just look where, um, where Trevor Massey was at on the fretboard to see where he was at to try and mimic close to what he was doing. That's what I usually do on bass. Too. Or at least that's just try and keep the time. I'll look at the bass player and be like, oh, well, that's the wheelhouse. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I go reverse to that. And um, so I was doing that. But then even though I was like trying to be a bass player and that's what I was trying to do, because too, in high school, not a lot of people were playing bass. Everyone was either like guitarist or dime a dozen in high school. Everybody had, everybody picked up a guitar and was like, oh, hey, look, I play guitar. And, then, and that was about it. Couldn't but play. are you a guitar hero like Brian? <laughs> they, they couldn't play chords, but goddamn, because they all play solos. <laughs> That's why Brian's special. He can play chords. <laughs> I just can't do solos. And, um, and I'd pick up a guitar and mess with that. And I was just like, eh, no. And two, everybody played guitar or everybody played drums. Everybody, oh, yeah, I play drums. Yeah, I play drums. I'm like, Oh, I'll play bass. Nobody plays bass. And um, I was listening to a lot of Iron Maiden, too, at the time. So Steve Harris, you know, that dude's friggin' amazing on bass. So that got me on there. But I would always find myself hopping behind the drum set, messing with the drums. And um, there was a couple mine. Yeah, there was a couple times um, when Pops had his kit set up at his uh, friend's house. We would go over there and I would just hop on the drums. Didn't know what I was doing, but I would just keep messing with it. Then it was freshman year of high school, 
I was at my grandparents for winter vacation and I had gotten an iPod and we had gotten everything set up on my grandma's computer and I had brought CDs with me because I had a portable CD player at the time. Nice. And so I would just <laughs> sit there and I would air drum on the porch. And then from air drumming on the porch, I transferred that to actually playing on the drums and I actually played the song the way it was supposed to be played. So when everybody asks like how I learned how to play drums, I always say I learned how to play drums by air drumming on my grandparents' porch in Fallon, Nevada. And um, I just always found myself going back to uh, to drums. So eventually um, Pops gave me his old drum set. And um, then I started the band with Brian and Joe. And we had like three other guitarists kind of come in yeah, and out. Yeah, we had that one guy from New York or wherever he was from. I didn't like that much, but for some reason... <laughs> You had him in the band. And I was like, I hate this guy. <laughs> we, we had an Oh yeah, we had yeah. Man, so that guy, that guy was so <laughs> yeah, that guy would always like solo, like just he would just keep doing that. Well, and then that, I we had a signal, like we had a signal to stop to bring it to the top whenever we were writing a new song, uh -huh. and the signal was a roll on the cowbell because everyone could pick it out. Well, there was one time where I do the roll on the cowbell and he starts nodding his head like, yeah, and he starts soloing into that. I'm like, no, this isn't part of the damn song. And then Bryant took a drumstick and threw it. That's funny because I was about to say it. So you threw a drumstick out, but Bryant went ahead and took that. Yeah, Bryant knew, nice. where, I, Bryant, like, knew where I kept because I'd always keep him on the floor by the hi-hat and Bryant would always be by the hi-hat. No! So he just went over and grabbed the drumstick and threw it at him. I hated that. I just hated that guy. And then, well, he was like so obnoxious. He's like, oh, I took uh, classes in college, so I know what I'm doing. And said he was like he classically like, trained and yeah. stuff. And so like when we try to write a song, oh, that's not how you do it. You do this, and I'm like oh, whatever. And he always wanted to be in drop D tuning. Uh, um, yeah. And then um, yeah, then we had a couple other guitarists. Uh, we had Alex and Robin, and they kind of shifted in and out of the bands, both of them. Yeah. And then um, Joe would play guitar as well. Um, Joe was a very underrated guitarist in my mind. Mm -hmm. I don't um, know any of these people. <laughs> I vaguely know them. And um, I hate that one guy from New York, though. <laughs> and then he's from New York. He's from, yeah, he New is. And yeah, um, that shit coming. Anybody Brian don't like, we don't like. Exactly. <laughs> I'll fuck that dude there up right now. Many people he don't like. <laughs> and so we did the garage concert for that band, which was everyone's favorite villains. Which the show was just you, uh, me, Joe, and Robin. Yeah. The other guitarists were already out by then, so. Yeah, and that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That show, like I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna hold anything off of that. And then um, after that, um, we broke up after what? After about a year, year and a half. It was a year and a half. Yeah. And um, I actually got really good at bass, but then after we broke up, I stopped playing. What was the reason for the breakup? Um, Robin. People suck. Robin <laughs> left. I forget the exact reason. Like the why Robert Adams Robin wanted to go, but. Joe actually came to me in person and said he didn't want to be. Joe came to me personally, like, and had a face to face conversation with me and said he wanted to do something else, that he actually wanted to be a writer. And to his credit, he's actually gone and released books. So it's like, yeah, you know what? If you're giving me a reason to not want to do this and you actually went and did it yeah. for that reason, okay. like, hats off to you. And then uh, Bryant and I kind of always stuck together to at least hang out. we jam yeah, kind of periodically if we could. Yeah, we had the idea that we are going to start another band. And um, 
don't know, recruit people somehow. I didn't know people, so yeah, I relied then... on Chris to get to the urban <laughs> I like, I don't know, I don't talk to people, so don't, don't ask me to bring anyone. And he uh, like anybody, yeah. <laughs> how and the then, song is shifted. There's nobody he doesn't like. Wait, actually, he hates everyone. And then I think, uh, I think villains was broken up for almost two years. And I get a message from Joe, uh, the singer. And at first, I thought, oh, Joe's messaging me, but he's like, hey, are you still playing drums? And I'm like, oh, what, what's this about? Is this reunification of the band? And let's see, let's see if Brian wants to do it too. But I'm like, oh, I'm gonna wait. Because I think I messaged you, hey, Joe messaged me about playing drums. And you're like, well, what, what else are you going to say? I, go, I don't know. <laughs> so I messaged him yeah. back and he said, hey, um, this band I know, their drummer's moving out of town. So he's not going to be able to play for them anymore. And they're auditioning drummers. And the band would be uh, First Contact. And I was like, oh, okay, um, who do I talk to? And he said, well, talk to the lead guitarist. And I said, okay. But before I even like sent, because... Um, Ian, the lead guitarist, I didn't even, I wasn't friends with him on Facebook or anything like that. I, cause I didn't know him, but I knew Angel, the rhythm guitarist and Miller, the bass player. I actually went to Contra Costa with Miller and Angel. I knew for mutual friends. So I knew both of them, but I didn't know Ian. And, um, before I had even like sent the friend request to Ian to talk to him, I messaged Brian and I said, well, this is what's going on. <laughs> I remember that. And I'm Literally. like, I'm like, Hey, um, you know, I guess they're looking for a drummer. And then Brian's all like, are you going to do it? And I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't want to, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to betray you. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I I only reply with, I don't know. And he goes, do it. They play gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, why does this guy like not, not know? They fucking play shows. This Chris is fucking loyal to a fault. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, come on, just do it. Like it. to a fault. Like, well, I don't want to. <laughs> Brian's yeah, not gigging, like he's not in this band. Uh, yeah, at that point. And, and so I, dance, I so. end up uh, messaging Ian, and I'm saying, "Hey, um, I heard you guys are looking for a drummer." And um, I said, "You know, you could talk to Joe about my background because I played with him, because I don't really have any videos up. Um, I think we had the House of the Rising Sun when we played at Contra Costa College. Yeah, uh, I think that was still up. So I sent him the link yeah. for that, and he actually really liked that." We and, used to have uh, that Facebook page where we had like videos and yeah. clips. Yeah, but okay. um, I deleted. But um, that one was uh, <laughs> probably like the best one. So I sent him that, and then he had talked to Joe. Then he said, "Yeah, you know, learn these five songs." And he sent me a link to Reverb Nation because they had the album on there, or at least five songs from the album. Wanted me to learn those five, and then show up at Guitar Center Emeryville. Well, I went to go show up, and I started having car problems, so I couldn't get out there. And I like call Angel, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm I'm not going to be able to make it out there." And he goes, "Oh, well, shit, okay." And then I said, "Yeah, I'm sorry." And then hang up from there. And then like the next day, he messages me and says, "Hey, can you show up the next week, like this next Monday?" He goes, "We're having somebody else audition, but you could go in after them." I'm like, "Cool, okay, I, I'll I'll make sure of it. Whatever I got to do to get there." And um, Two, I actually didn't know all five songs entirely. Nice, <laughs> so it's kind of a break. A week. Nice, but I guess Ian and Miller, <laughs> Ian and Miller were skeptical on me because I kind of bailed last minute. Mm. And I'm like, I had car problems, which they find out that'd be kind of like a thing I would have is car problems for a minute. But um, Angel was like, really, he had my back to where he's like, no, I want to give this guy a shot. And um, so then I show up the uh, the next one. And um, a, a friend of ours auditioned before me. And then I asked him, I said, hey, how'd your audition go? 
And he goes, ah, oh, pretty good. He goes, but I think I set the standard, man, so you're going to have to step up. And I go, okay, you little shit, watch this. <laughs> and then we go into uh, California Heartbreaker, which is on the first album. And the first fill I hit, he said he was like, the our friend was like just outside the room. And he, he said like he heard that first drum fill and he knew it was done. And then like I remember Ian turning to me and just giving me a look and I kind of felt good after that. And then um, after that, we uh, we did that one. And then we did uh, two Kiss songs. We did Deuce and Black Diamond. And they actually had me sing both of them, which was funny because the previous drummer never sang. And um, it, they pretty much, I got the job like almost right on the spot for that one. Nice. And First Contact's been a band I've been with for six years now. It's going to be seven in August, um, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, we all kind of have a lot of stuff going on and off and then the pandemic happening too. So the last year and a half or so, we haven't really been as busy as we'd like to be. When I, so you were brand new in my life and you guys were playing the, the gig at brick and mortar. Yes. And so I was like, oh man, you're in a band. Cool, man. I'll come support you in the city. Da, 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 da. And like halfway through the first song, I look over at Nick, who was with me, our buddy, Nick, coworker, Nick. And I was like, these guys are fucking for real. Jesus Christ. And Chris is for real. Like, I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, just incredible. Like, First Contact is really, really good. Really tight. Well, thank you. And then I think, I'm pretty sure it was after that gig. I was like, Chris, when I grow up, I want to be like you on drums. <laughs> and I'm 15 years older than this guy. <laughs> Not 15. <laughs> How old uh, are you? 20, I'm going to be 29 this year. 15 years old. <laughs> 12. I'm 12 years older than this guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, first contact shreds. Airtight. It's been airtight. Uh, music. Yeah. It's been a fun last uh, six, seven years with the band, that's for sure. Um, my, I think my third gig ever with them was at Slim's, which unfortunately is now closed down. But I mean, Slim's is a pretty big name venue out in the city. Uh, we played DNA Lounge three times since I've been there, and once was on the main stage. And yeah, you're, you're I, at the main I, I stage. I was at the main stage, and I was also the one we had upstairs. In, uh, was it uh, the B room? The B room, yeah. The B room's still cool. It kind of awesome. Yeah. I, like I, I feel bad for people have to carry those amps up those stairs, though. Oh god, that sucks. Or my hardware case for my drums. Oh, <laughs> and I yeah. just I bear hug it and take it up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to climb up these freaking stairs, and if you have a big amp. Yeah, the uh, the main stage of DNA has probably been my favorite that we've played, like, yeah. kind of ever because well, the drums are higher up than everything else, like uh, cool. a full like body length up higher, to where you're just sitting over everything, <laughs> and you feel like you're playing like a stadium show basically. And then when you look out and you can't see anything out there, um, other than people, like it's a pretty amazing thing. But um. I had a lot of confidence issues when I first joined First Contact because I've always had timing issues um, when it comes to playing with like a metronome. Mm. And then I always put in everything I do, I always put too much pressure on myself to try and do well. So I would like fuck up a lot of the songs I was playing. And um, it was at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco, which was DNA Lounge is my favorite stage I've ever played on. But Bottom of the Hill is my favorite gig. Bottom of the Hill is a cool venue because they pack people in tight. Well, like the, the reason why it's my favorite is because the first song, like they have a back porch right behind the stage with a window that's right behind the drums. So I look back the window, 
you see a whole bunch of people out there, see maybe like a row of people in front of you. I'm like, uh, you know, I guess it's going to be one of those gigs. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I, sh I shouldn't be disappointed. I should still give 110% because, you know, I'm playing a live show. Like, just make it as fun as I could freaking make it. And I'm not even kidding. Before the start of the third song, I look back just to see, like, how many people are still back there? And there was nobody back there. Nice. And then I look out in front and I stand up because, like, you can't always see if you're sitting down. So I stand up to see how many people are out there. And you can't see an empty space from the stage all the way to the back door. And I'm like, holy shit. And then came time for my drum solo in a drifter and I play that. And um, Angel goes, give it up for Speedy. And people just start going, Speedy, Speed, which is my nickname in First Contact, uh, for those who don't know. And um, <laughs> like that was just like an incredible feeling. Like I almost dropped my drumsticks like three times during that because I just was getting nerve wrecked because like, I'm like holy shit, people are actually cheering for me. <laughs> and um, at first I used to get made fun of in that band because like with Brian saying like, Oh, they play shows. You gotta, I wasn't used to that. Mm. So I would just go take my stuff down and I would kind of alienate myself from everyone because I'm like, I got to put all my shit away. Cause I always had like a bigger kit than all the other bands. And so I'd always put everything away and not talk to anybody. Then after the show, I just kind of sit there to myself and then go find somebody from the band, talk to them. <laughs> and then like, after that, like I started like talking to people, like I'd still put my shit away. That was still first priority. Cause you don't want your shit stolen. Not that a lot of the bands we played with would be crooks like that. That's but a disclaimer. Still. You don't need you don't need that disclaimer. Keep but going. still, um, <laughs> I would just like always make sure to do that, and then I just kind of keep to myself. But then after that, like I just started going out and mingling with people. And at first, it was only with people I knew because all of a sudden, more people that I knew who I personally invited would start showing up, and it's like cool. I get to hang out with these people. But then it was just going out, hanging out with somebody random. Like they're like, Hey dude, I really loved your set. And then they just start talking to me about music for a minute. And it's just, it's been a really fun thing um, to be able to just go out, play a show and then get, um, get some feedback from other individuals. And um, we've recorded some stuff, hopefully that's going to be um, released uh, as soon as possible, just with the pandemic happening. <laughs> with the pandemic happening. Um, it's been a little harder to get into the studio to finish up on things. Um, there's a lot of like rhythm stuff laid down. So it's just like the final touches that need to be put on. And I still don't know if we're aiming to do like a full length album or if we're just planning on doing a series of singles. But I also think there's a music video that's going to be uh, thrown together, hopefully in the near future. And um, also another little fun fact is anytime Bryant's in the crowd at the show for first contact, mm -hmm. we always do uh, walk all over you by ACDC oh, yeah, and, um, and Bryant comes on stage and plays yeah, bass for us. Bistro, yeah. Yeah. That was Bistro your, was, that's birthday, probably right? my second favorite gig ever for, your birthday. for my birth. Well, not because it was my birthday, but because, <laughs> well, because DNA lounge happened on my birthday as well. So oh, I, yeah. I've had the luxury of having two gigs on my birthday, but um the bistro was fun because it's like, that was like the friend show. So like friends were there and just everybody just had a blast. And, um, even though, you know, it's a, a smaller place and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a picture of that. And then, um, it was, um, what, two years ago that, um, 4th of July, two was years it? ago, two years ago. Yeah. 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 4th of July, was, two years ago. Was that the first? That was so yeah. 4th of July, two years, or no, it was Halloween. Uh, yeah. What Halloween? now? Three years ago. Yeah. So Halloween now three well, years ago. No, it would have been two years ago. Well, no, like we got together. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
um, because yeah. first contact, we weren't mm-hmm. really paying. First contact wasn't really playing um, like uh, the house parties anymore at our buddy Joey's. Um, so I was like, why don't I just have another band? And then I talked to you, and you're all like, okay, I'm down. And then it was gonna be got Halloween. got robbed. No, we did play a Halloween gig, but this was before Mothman. Mm-hmm. Um, you did Fourth of July too. Yes, because you sang all the songs. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> you had your turn. <laughs> and um, so then we had gotten too. together. <laughs> if you're a bass player, you can't be a diva. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm a bass player. Another man. I can't be a diva. Damn. And um, it was for Halloween that we got together and we had uh, Samir on vocals. And we. Um, nice. Yeah, we couldn't get a lot of practices to get. That. I don't need that. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, I understand he's amazing. We just put together what five songs because we had a hard time getting together to practice. That's yeah, why I didn't yeah. want to overwhelm the set list. And uh, oh, I, I was on drums. You were on bass. Robin was on guitar. Oh, we had he Ian. A, he a lead guitarist. That's why. Well, we had wrong. we had uh, Ian on yeah. lead guitar, and then we had um, Samir on vocals. And we did five songs at the Halloween party. And um, that was when, because it was three members of everyone's favorite villains, we just called it New Villains. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, we got two new people, but like the core of villains is still there. Because mm-hmm. we technically did start villains with Robin. So that's why I was like, oh, let's keep that part of the name in it. And then, um, then we did that, and then everybody was like coming up to us, like after, like, why did you guys play longer? We didn't have enough time to practice. Yeah, <laughs> you guys killed it. Yeah, because we could only practice about five songs. <laughs> I think we only had one full band practice or two, right? We had one full band practice, and every every other time it was just like, oh, two the people didn't show up, or the two or three people. Oh wow, yeah. wow, it was just a. So the fact that we sounded as good as we did with only one full practice in what three weeks? Yeah, we had like three weeks had notice. And then 4th awesome. of July, I was all like, why don't we do this again? And um, I had talked to you about playing drums. And you just being vocals. Yeah, me just being vocals. Yeah. Because um, despite me being a drummer and my favorite musician of all time being a guitarist, I've always wanted to be a singer. I just I can't figure out my vocals. And um, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to sing. <laughs> And uh, I was like, Scott, you'll play drums. And you're like, cool. And then Bryant was on bass. Rob was on uh, rhythm. And Ian was on lead. And then I obliterated my back. And then Scott obliterated his back. And then we had another drummer come in, like, what, two weeks before? Yeah, because we were... I think we were trying, we were trying to give him two weeks. And he kept contacting all types of people. And no one wanted to take... I don't know why they wanted Yeah, nobody... And so we had one guy show up for a practice and then um, I was like, cool, you know, everything sounded all right. Then he told me, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. And then I think you and I were talking and you're kind of like, do, do you just want to cancel the gig? I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, I, I've listened to I these was, songs. I was stressed out. Cause I was like, how do we not have a drummer? Like, what the hell? And then the very last practice we had, um, I just Jeez. did double duty yeah. and I sang and played drums. And no, it, fucking good enough. We'll just do it. <laughs> and then we did the Fourth of July um, performance, and that was the last ever performance of New Villains. <laughs> I did double duty, and I almost died because <laughs> I drank. And, and it was after that where I was like, "Why don't we do something where you're a better drummer than me?" 
and I'm a better singer than you. <laughs> Why don't we do something where we go into those roles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then that brainchild happened. Because <laughs> I don't pull any punches. <laughs> then you better drummer than me. Yeah, because it was for it. Halloween of that year. And then we couldn't get a guitarist. Mm-hmm. Like I had three different guitarists lined up and all three bailed. Bryant, you don't count in that discussion because you let us know you let us know Fourth of July that you couldn't do it. And Ian <clears throat> Ian was there for Ian was there for Ian was there for one practice. One practice. You went to El Salvador, didn't you? Yeah. We couldn't yeah, I had to go for for, reasons. Yeah, for personal reasons, but you let us know. Yeah, you let us know months in advance, so that's why I always say you're and not involved in that. Ian. And then we had Ian. <laughs> yeah. And then Ian said he had something else he had to do, but then that son of a bitch was still at the freaking Halloween party, and I and uh, Joey's all like, "Yeah, he's here," and I'm like, "You better not let me fucking see him." <laughs> <laughs> I love Ian to death, but goddamn, that kid pissed me off. <laughs> that's and and um we we went in fucking yeah. gangbusters we're doing this yeah we had, yeah. we had put together a set list and then um <laughs> I, yeah I scott felt so bad i almost i almost canceled the flight and i was like man i probably should just go to the gig and just do it now i gotta tell you going to el salvador is a much better excuse than car trouble <laughs> like <laughs> modest mouse actually has a lyric that says i broke a promise because my car broke down yeah. Such a classic excuse, it should be bronzed by now. <laughs> so car trouble is one thing. Going to El Salvador. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I didn't almost cancel him to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if you'd have rolled in, I'd have felt so bad. <laughs> but, um, that's, I'm pretty good at learning songs last minute. But if it's rhythm, if it's lead, I can't do it. Well, then... Um... I remember, I think, didn't we practice one time at least? We, we practiced practice. a couple times with you there. Just because, like, oh, just, you know. Well, because then we there. decided to just make it a thing. Because Pops, like, just kind of out of nowhere, I was talking about getting a bass player. Then Pops, you were just like, well, I'll just play bass. Because no, I remember. You asked me to. I, well, I asked you, I'm like, you ever think about playing bass? And you're like, well, I guess I'll just play bass then. Because I remember we played uh, Killer Clowns one time, Even though I didn't way happen. before we played. Uh, together, you know, after uh, what was it? You know, before we started the band, because we started at the beginning of the year, didn't we? After when we started, we actually made it like an official band before Halloween. We just knew uh, you couldn't be a part of Halloween, uh, yeah, so that's yeah, what happened. I think that's why I played uh, Killer Clowns. Yeah, right before Halloween, because then I started sending you the set. Yeah, and um, and then I gave you I gave you a Spotify account, and I was like, you have to you have to stay in the band now because I gave you a Spotify account. <laughs> yeah, people will never go away. And um, so then we um, we kind of all agreed to be a band. We just couldn't do the Halloween gig. And then we were like, oh, fuck it. Let's just focus on stuff for next year. And what were we originally? Just Mothman? Um, well, like I came in um, with the idea of Son of Mothman just because I, I was in a radio play in New York called mm-hmm. Son of Mothman. And so that was the whole joke of it because my entire thing when I was in that radio play was telling Claire, I am Son of Mothman. You will wash the dishes. It, it became this whole thing. Um, <laughs> that was actually a, a documentary on that. Oh, yeah. The Mothman's yeah. fucking for real. Yeah. So, And I am Son of Mothman. <laughs> yeah. And so the whole, the original concept was Son of Mothman. And then it, I think it was just like, well, 
there's more than one of us. There's so. more than one of us. And so like, it's not just, it's not like the Scott show. <laughs> so yeah. And then it became children of Mothman for a little bit. And, and then, then it was Joey who said, that's hard to put on a poster. Yeah. And then we were all like <laughs> Mothman. And then it had kind of been Mothman until like I named, cause we have a playlist on Spotify cause we're a cover band. So we have a playlist on Spotify <laughs> and I had named it um mothman cometh and um that's i think kind of like our unofficial name now i love it because uh the nightman cometh is a tribute to the iceman cometh the nightman cometh is it's always sunny in philadelphia and mothman cometh is a tribute to night it's always cometh. sunny and martinez and then also <laughs> just fucking picture a poster that says fourth of july the nightman cometh i mean that's a cool poster so, I'm, I'm, as far as I'm, I've already printed t-shirts. So Moth, did I say Nightman? I meant Mothman, but 4th of July, Mothman. And now you got me confused. It's the Mothman. Yeah, so, yeah. I love it. And uh, then we were gearing up for the 4th of July. Um, we even had a 4th of July set list, like, already agreed upon, yeah. set in stone. Practiced it. Practiced it. We had that 4th of July set list made up in in January. Yeah. We were ready to go, and um, then March hits with the big global bastard, and then Fourth um, <laughs> of July is just like, oh, is it going to happen? It might happen, might happen, might happen. Then I think in May, it was like, no, uh, it's not going to happen. Put, put down by Joey. Uh, well, I mean, it's his place, and well, I know there's I a pandemic. That was to do with <laughs> his parents, though. Yeah. And because um, remember, they were going to take a trip. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, then that got next. Everything got next. <laughs> then we got excited about, well, then what about Halloween? So then we started putting together a Halloween. But nobody knew. Geared a thing, and then we didn't know. Was in, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now with the pandemic calm, kind of calming down, you know, hopefully this year is more better. Yeah, just don't go to Florida. <laughs> just for any reason ever. Dude, COVID doesn't <laughs> exist in Florida. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> but real quick before we go off into something else, uh, what would you guys say is your like inspiration? You know, for like let's say uh, for singing, who's like who's your favorite singer or who inspired you? Or not even singing for drumming for any instrument. Who would you say is like your main like inspiration or or your, like guitar hero, bass hero? You know, whatever you want to call it. Well, you're my guitar hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're his player one. <laughs> Weirdly, though, Scott's player three. Um, what the hell? <laughs> I got to think about it. So if, you, right. if anybody's got a quick answer. Well, Popsy's raising his um, hand. When I played drums, I had a couple big influences. Uh-huh. One was Neil Peart, God rest his soul, from Rush. And the other one was Carl Palmer from Emerson Lake and Palmer, especially when he switched from <clears throat> progressive rock to kind of like just hard rock when he drum for asia that i don't know that really meant something to me that he could switch like that um bass players i don't i'm not actually a bass player i play the bass you are now <laughs> yeah so, uh, <laughs> no turning back i know there's so many there again getty lee from rush john paul jones from led zeppelin uh, i played the guitar too yeah didn't you meet john paul jones yes what? i did that was after what? i had double hip surgery in fact 
and went like a week after and my wife almost killed me for doing it but my best friend took me out said you got to get out of the house and seen john paul jones playing his magic stick what he called it and you were on crutches too at the time weren't you yep where did you meet him Oh, what was this? Over here in the Bay Area? Just in the it back was, alley. It actually wasn't John Paul Jones. Oh, God. He <laughs> was, uh, was trying to get Rod and uh, what's that sound? San Francisco. Oh, Fillmore. Okay. And then his bus pulled up and he came out and he's all like, oh, my God. I, I can't believe you came to see me because I was. I was on crutches. I could barely fucking walk. Uh-huh. And he's all like, thank you for coming out. He signed a flyer. I got it somewhere. It's like I met John Madden, too, at a Lions restaurant. And wow. my friend didn't believe me that he was in the car next to us. We're just going to have Pops talk doing... for like an hour for a podcast episode of just shit just... that's happened in his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, that's awesome. I was like, you know how he does his hands. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's John Matt. No, <laughs> he just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and so we pulled in, into the Lions parking lot, went to wash our hands because we had worked on my friend's car. Look in the mirror into the doorway of the bathroom. There's John Madden. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. a, meet other people, too. People from Fog Hat, Pat Travers. Um, Didn't you and Ashley meet uh, the Guess Who? No. She got inside the limo. We didn't meet him. Nah. But we met Paul from Good Charlotte. Oh, yeah. You know, she got a picture with him. Um, yeah, I've been kind of influenced by a lot of people. It's too many to name, to be honest. Yeah. I like them all. I think, like, um, as you guys may have noticed uh, and been nice enough not to tell me, uh, I never I never play a song the same way twice on drums. Uh, I've, I've been very influenced by jazz drummers. I really really love elvin jones max roach and so like and chris had pointed out he's like you swing when you play like you're a swing drummer you're Uh, a swing drummer um and part of that like i i really just kind of like we're starting this song let's go into it and then just like wherever like whatever anybody else has given me i kind of go along with that Uh um which is why sorry guys it gets real frustrating sometimes because the hard (laughs) changes and cues that i should be giving you i don't give consistently (laughs) that's all good but rich is a good one but I, uh, well, that's yeah. why I noticed like you'd be focusing on whatever we're playing and then you just go yeah. follow it. And I was like, oh, okay, I thought we were supposed to be following you. But yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really weird. Like, I'm very influenced by jazz. Uh, that's how I used to play drums too. I would follow the guitarist. Yeah, and yeah, like the singers because I would put yeah. the accents towards the singers. That's what I was about to say. Like, that's something that I, that I like, if you'll listen to what I'm playing, like a lot, like, particularly on Saturday night, uh, I'll do Tom hits when it comes in the in the verses the singing like i'll like follow chris's vocals on the toms which isn't necessarily the best thing for you guys well i mean everybody's everybody's different which is also why when i play drums it's a very different sound which i think is cool i think it's it's awesome that like when we switch roles it's cool because that's very different that's one of my favorite well too one of the reasons why we did was because saturday night or saturday night you were having issues vocally with it right didn't make any sense and for me i'm just so locked in on it vocally that i just have the time signature of the vocals locked into my brain so like i don't even listen to you guys really when i sing it 
I just go with it. You just follow, yeah. 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 Which is funny because even when I'm playing drums, I'm still following the drummer. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, with Mothman. Um, but see, man, like, I don't know, vocally, I like it. Like, it's really funny. I think that I actually tap into my musical theater history, which is weird. But like, when we're singing the songs, I actually, which is why I don't try to do carbon copies of the vocals. Like, I, like I try to make them a little bit my own the way we do them because I try to tell a story of the song, uh -huh. which I think is fun. Like, like with singing the stuff with Mothman, I think is like, uh, I try to tell a story. Like it's it's like music. Like I approach it like I'm doing a performance of musical theater. I must apologize to the Dickies because they wrote the song, but Scott, I I think you got the upper hand when it comes to singing Killer Clowns. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, I love the way the Dickies do it, but like you just get so locked into it, and you you do mimic it a lot, but you do enough to make it your own. Well, when when I uh listen to the Dickies version of it, I can't, I keep expecting like your, the things that you do in that song. I'm like, oh wait, only Scott does that. It's not an actual <laughs> version of the song. That's <laughs> what Brian's sitting there fucking up on the guitar. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm like, because uh, you jump a little bit early, but you, like, you, you make the song your own, but then like, fuck, it sounds like messy with me because it doesn't sound like only Scott sings it. That's why I sing background because I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Killer clown, love it. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, what about you for influences? Um, well, for bass, it's basically only Matt Freeman from uh, Operation Ivy slash Rancid. Nice. Basically, my whole style is just a copy of his. Nice. Because before that, I would just play the root note of every chord. But when I heard this guy, when I heard Operation Ivy's album, I was like, damn, this guy is like playing bass in such a different way I've never heard before. Well, I heard Cream and and. Uh, uh, John from uh, The Who, but this is John the first time I actually, li yeah, first time I listened to it, and I was like, I have to do that too. I to, like, I want to do that too, and that's why I started doing that, you know, that whole thing in uh, Empire Telescope. Awesome, I just play whatever, awesome. but for guitar, I don't probably, I can't think of anyone in guitar, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no guitar, it's just bass. Guitar that try to Activision, <laughs> <laughs> is that who made Guitar Hero? I think so. I was trying to think if you made it, and I couldn't think of it. Yeah, yeah Activision. <laughs> Those computer nerds, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got me into guitar, so they're not so that. bad after all. There is that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just Matt Freeman and some Jack Bruce and Sean from The Who. But mostly Matt Freeman. I, that guy is just amazing to me. That guy is my bass hero. But yeah, that's about it. No one else, really, for guitar. <laughs> yeah, for... Um... For me, for drums, it's um, pretty much ever since I heard him was uh, was um, Brian Downey from uh, Thin Lizzy. Um, I mean, that guy could play anything. It's just he's very jazz influenced, but I mean, the guy I does underrated too. Oh, so underrated! I mentioned his name, and they go who? Mentioned mm -hmm. Thin Lizzy, who? Boys are back in town. Oh yeah, I know that band. It's like they have so many other great. <laughs> they have so many songs that are better than the Boys Are Back, which is a good song. But almost damn near every one of their songs is better than Boys Are Back in Town. I don't like that. Song, and freaking Brian Downey, that guy kind of been played too much. He did double bass in an era where that wasn't really a thing, where people just kind of had it a little bit more for accenting. He would actually do that, and then. um like for Shalala, he would actually double bass the whole song through, and then he would throw in fills while keeping the double bass going. And 
just the accenting that he does and um, just his super tight timing on everything is just outstanding. Um, Neil Peart um, from Pops playing Rush throughout my entire life. Um, that guy sticks out to me, but he's somebody who I will never copy out of respect because he is just too goddamn good. Um, then there's Eric Carr from Kiss, um, where he's got a few, he's got a couple underrated albums, in my opinion, in terms of his drumming ability. Um, Eric Singer, who's currently of Kiss, that guy's played with damn near everybody. Um, when I played bass, Steve Harris was a very big, uh, influence on me as well as John Paul Jones. Um. And then there was also John Epwistle. But I'd say for, oh, I, I feel really bad for not mentioning him on drums because he's actually probably the one I've been compared to the most. And God rest his soul, Frankie Benelli from uh, Quiet Riot. Mm -hmm. That guy, the first two songs I ever learned how to play were Come On, Feel the Noise and Metal Health. And he's, he's the biggest regret of a drummer I never got to see live. Um, and there was a couple opportunities that I could have done so. And I just really missed out. Um, Cause I listened to almost their entire catalog. Like if Kiss didn't exist quite right, it would be my favorite band, I always say. And um, he's like the big reason why. And um, for vocals, while I'm trying to sing once in a while, um, Sammy Hagar, is a huge influence on me. I know for some reason a lot of people like to talk shit about Sammy Hagar, but I freaking love the guy. <laughs> if I ever met him in person, I'd give him a big old hug and offer to buy him a drink, even though he'd probably buy me 10, because he seems like <laughs> that kind of guy. Well, he has a um, no, Miles Kennedy from Street. Alter Bridge and um, the good. Slash and Conspirators band. Um, that guy is freaking our, the last show that I saw. Was it oh, your last show, too, before the pandemic? I believe so, yeah. Alter Bridge, yeah. and that guy is amazing. He's a good guitarist, like, solid guitarist, but his vocals are amazing. Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. Um, Paul Stanley, um, 98 and before. <laughs> you know, like, as much as I make fun of Paul Stanley, I love Paul Stanley. <laughs> I've seen some recent live videos, I'm like, what the hell? And, uh, no, for Paul Stanley, his vocals are just like... No, but... He's doing Motown now. Oh, you played me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, and I was like, he's kind of cool. <laughs> that, that old child that I played? Uh-huh. That, that was him. Well, I'll be damned. And um, for guitar, um, even though I don't play guitar, even though I just pick up a guitar and strum it, <laughs> for effect, and, and do a lot of bends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ace Fraley is my favorite musician of all time. And then uh, Michael Shanker. That guy is freaking... Both, both very good... Uh, and, vibrato without a whammy bar <laughs> oh uh, oh ice really for sure yeah and uh, better. yeah yeah shanker's next level and then vivian campbell with dio on the first two dio albums oh man um but um yeah what would you guys say is uh your favorite song Song. That's that we play. Oh, that, oh, we, that play? we play. That we play. That we play. That we play. Killer clowns. Killer hands clowns. down. Killer clowns. Hands down. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you guys got me influenced on the stuff you listen to. That we play. Thank so, goodness. <laughs> you know, I try to improve on that every chance I can get. I gotta say, Killer Clowns too. Like that. I don't know that 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 song fires me up. 
And I think we kill it. That's why we always say the best for last. Even though it's like the last song we play, when we play that last song, I feel like I want to keep going and play even more because it's just like so good. What's your favorite one we do? Um, I'd have to say that because we saved the best for last. Yeah. 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 So And everybody gets into it. So if you've never listened to the song Killer Clowns by the Dickies, do yourself a great big fucking favor. And listen to it because it's an amazing song. And then when we have a show, come watch us. And, and then when we have a show, come watch us and we'll play it. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're absolutely playing it. Yeah, I'd have to say that's my favorite too. Um, yeah, just, yeah. That and Hey Jealousy. Okay. Um, hey Jealousy is a lot of fun. But Killer yeah, Clowns. Like, so I like that one we played that you haven't been there. Which one is that? Oh, I don't want to be an asshole anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. The other one. What other one? I think by Jim Blossoms. Oh, found uh, out about you. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've played that twice on drums with us. Yeah. That's when we first started playing. That was like when we first long. introduced to yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. But, but I have um, two more questions after this. Okay. But with um, with Killer Clowns, what's pretty funny about it is, um, it came on when Scott and I were work- so Scott and I worked together, and we were um in a crawl space in Alameda listening to the Halloween set list mm-hmm. at the time, yeah? Yep. And um, the Halloween set list had played through. And then it was, um, after that, it was uh, just playing random songs inspired by it, like Spotify does. And the first song to come on was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this? And then, like, the chorus comes on and you're like, what? What is this? So then after the song, you know, is it just me or can can we record this? I I don't know. Something about this song. And then we played it. Back. Bring it back. And then after the second time through, is it just me or do I do I kind of fucking love this song? <laughs> and we ended up listening to that song, I want to say about ten times that day between our two phones. It's like we kept queuing that up. And then um so you guys didn't know about the song before? We didn't know about that song before. Well, it's really it's funny. Well, it's really funny. It's the I opening. Know. It's the opening credit sequence to the movie, and I've wow. seen the movie probably a dozen times. In my I've life. never seen the movie. I've, I've seen, seen it. Seen movie I've either. seen it probably a dozen times. Brian doesn't like scary movies. In my entire life, it's not scary at all. It's actually really ridiculous. Oh, um, which like, is more scary for Brian? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, it's one of those. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> but it never yeah. because actually the opening credit sequence is a different version, still performed by the yeah. Dickies. Yeah, I've heard it. But it doesn't grab you the yeah. way that that version does and so it never never registered as a cool song until we listened to so it that that's interesting so you guys uh, discovered this song. Heard it, we discovered it in a crawl and, space in alameda and, and then i immediately messaged the rest of the band that later that day because we were both all like we're adding this so we have to do this. we have to do this song now because i thought someone that one of you guys knew the song and i was like well that's pretty cool they know the song and I was like, oh. but if you guys discovered it, we discovered it together. That's that's even, you know, that's And what's even funnier about it is, for what two weeks we tried yeah. having that as the opener mm-hmm. because it grabs your attention so much. Oh, and yeah. then we found out your voice has to be thrown a little bit, and then yeah. your hands have to be warmed up for yeah. a solo. Because I got to be a little scratchy. Me, I. Well, Pops, Pops, you're fucking locked in like a motherfucker on that song. That's the first song I learned in the band. That's and the background vocals on it, like that you do. Yeah. Even though you, even though you just have like the one line in the background vocals, it two, you, two words. You do it perfectly. You do it in in a good tone, and it works out very, very well. And um, 
for me, I could play that song anytime because it just amps me the fuck up whenever I play it. Yeah, it's honestly uh, the way the way that we play is actually really good. I I like it. Like I said before, uh, when I listen to the studio version, I I'm so confused. I keep thinking it's the uh, you know, the way that we play it. Yeah, because we do do a couple things a little differently. Yeah. Not going to spoil anything because I want people to see us play it. Yeah, listen to the song first, and then come watch us play it. Fourth of July. <laughs> Fourth of July. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying positive that it does happen. You know, Fourth of July does happen. Um, this year it's on uh, Sunday, I think, right? I haven't actually looked at a calendar. I just yeah. know I always last have year, that day off. <laughs> last, yeah. Last year I think it was on a Saturday. This year is going to be on a Sunday, which means no hangover for me. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that song's the best one to play out of the whole set. But I mean, the whole set list is so good. The way everyone plays it, when we learn the songs and we get tight and practice it, the Killer Clowns is definitely our our song. Even though that's our bread and butter. Even though another band wrote it, that's I mean, we're a cover band. Yeah, <laughs> another band wrote every song we play. Yeah, so, I mean, every other song, I feel like we we copy it to a certain extent. Yeah, we kind of play it, you know, the way it is. Yeah, because there's a couple of them that took us a minute to figure them out. Yeah. And then there's a couple that we could do caught is, on right away. Yeah. Uh, but so, none of them caught on like, so far like Killer Clowns. Yeah. So, I don't know. Dude. I don't know if you want to ask them what the hardest song was to learn. Or, well, what I was going to ask them was, what was the first song they learned in, you know, the respective instrument or whatever, you know. You said it was quite right for you. Quiet Riot on drums, Come On, Feel the Noise, and then on bass, the first song I ever learned how to play, and I still know how to play it to this day, note for note, and I keep saying we should play it, because I'm like, I know it on bass, so I could show Pops how to play it, <laughs> is Rocky Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions. Oh, nice. Um, can I bring it back really quickly, because sure. I was, sorry folks, I had to go use the restroom. <laughs> um, did we talk about fucking uh, Secret Agent Man yet? Not no. Yet. Because no. that's my second favorite song that's we do. And that is one that we walked into the room going, we should try Secret Agent Man. And nailed it. Not the first time. Second time. Second, Second time. time. First time, time I we wanted were... to nix it. <laughs> first time it was so bad, I wanted to get rid of it. And then yeah. was I the one who was like, no, no we should do this again? It was Brian. Was it Brian? It was Brian. This Brian? is the only time I'm pointing the finger at Brian, because nine times out of ten, Brian's on the fucking money. But on this one, he like, Something was happening where his timing was off, and then he went to yeah. go do the solo, and he sounded like, um, gotcha. yeah, he just, he was like, it's not going to work, Brian. And then we stopped. We stopped, like, halfway through the solo. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm like, I think we should just cut this song out. And, <laughs> and then, then Brian you're all like, like no. Let me do it again, Brian was? No, you go, no, let's try it one more time. Okay. Let's give everybody a break. And then okay. Brian had his back turned. I was like, what the fuck? Is this guy crying? <laughs> I said, I, I don't want to. And then, uh, like, and then it turns out he's look. you were looking at the chords? I was. I was the looking tabs? at the chords. I was looking at the solo. And so I scrolled it down to the solo part. I looked at the chords. I kind of memorized it quickly. And, and so I, the and second time it. we played it through it. The second time we played, it was a night and day difference. And we oh, killed it. I, it it yeah. was like, okay, we need to open with this now. And it's one of those songs that we've made completely our own. Like, we, that song fucking rocks when we play it. And it's not that great of a song otherwise. <laughs> but we uh, killed that song. Honestly, though, that is one of the songs where all four of us need to be there. Yeah. Because okay. there is 
the, yeah, not, not last, talking shit. The, I'm just saying, like, the last it's practice, obvious. He missed a verse. I missed a verse. He I missed the third, third verse, verse, and I gave him the death stare that he usually yeah. gives us. Like, the mugging, like, piece of shit look that Brian gives. <laughs> yeah, he gave me that, and I was like, whoops, that is the third verse. <laughs> I've, been, I've been missing practices for personal reasons, and uh, looking out for the greater good of the impact. For respected reasons. For respected reasons. Yeah. That, was, that wasn't a punch at you, I'm just saying. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, that is one. Like, other songs, like, I'm, I'm proud of this band to the extent of we can get through, like, 90% of that set list as a trio yeah where it's like okay if we could fill in the void which is a good thing you yeah. want that out of out of the musician aspect of the band yeah because you and i switch for roughly three to four songs and that's it and that's it and so like um and i'm i've kind of accepted doing double duty as a backup plan and um and it, it kind of blows my mind that I could do it on some of the songs. <laughs> so, so that's, I mean, I sing like shit, but it blows my mind that I could at least hold the song. <laughs> Being humble. And um, yeah, Pops, what was uh, the first, what was it? Yeah, what was the first song uh, you ever learned or on, on drums or, or bass? Um, when I first picked up a guitar and learned it in grammar school, the first song. The wheels on the bus. Sure. Nobody <laughs> ever probably never heard of it is i'd like to teach the world to sing it used to be the theme song for coca-cola yeah i'd like oh, to okay. teach the world to sing in perfect harmony yes. that's barry manilow right no i don't who wrote that song color age who wrote that song i think it's very manilow that's why he's called Bob. i think you might you could i'm gonna google it i'm gonna google it that's the first song you learned on guitar yeah and then we do sign language to it too what was the first song you learned how to play brian uh on guitar that summer i did the two months it was basically june and july where i played for one hour it was it was two songs back to back it was about a girl by nirvana and du Haas by ramson and those two songs i learned perfectly even like the solo on it's not that hard of a solo on about a girl but I was proud of myself. I was like, man, I'm going to be a guitar hero. But then little did I know that that's the furthest I would ever get in guitar. What about you, so, Scott? What was the first song you learned how to play? Or sing? Um, on bass, I remember. Well, I mean, the first ones I learned how to sing were all like fucking Baptist hymnal songs. So probably... <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, Fair so like, like gospel music yeah, was no, the I... first stuff that I learned yeah. how to sing. Um, the first not original song, because I learned to play drums with like writing and original music. So the first cover that New Damage ever did okay. was, um, Hold On Loosely. Mm. And so I guess that would be the first Hello? song. Grandpa's calling pops. <laughs> <laughs> you want to pause it? Uh, no, we're actually doing this. It's like, oh, no wonder we didn't finish that one. Recording. So, grab, and so, then so, so, quick question for you guys would be, uh, what is your favorite concert and why? Uh, concert you've attended to. What's your most favorite one? Um, I'll go first. Um, I'm going to have to break this down into three sections, Ooh, I believe. I like this. So, um, <laughs> oh, cool. I thought I was going to be the only one. I would have to say <laughs> my very first concert was, which my brother actually told me if I wanted to be somebody to go. <laughs> and that was Led Zeppelin. 
So I have to give him credit for that one. Be someone? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Meaning, if you don't want because to be a Because I was shit. in junior high. It's like, oh. come on, dude. You really want to, you know, be badass? <laughs> Go to this concert. It happened to be their last one in the United States uh-huh. ever. Their last show in 1977. That's awesome. So he really got to be Jesus somebody just Christ, off of that. Awesome. Wow. Really? Yeah. And I got to smoke pot for the first time. Woo! There you going go. Going there, too. So, you know. <laughs> Nice. It was a good day all around. And then, uh, <laughs> Rock and roll, man. Second, I would have to say seeing my son in Battle of the Bands. Uh, that really nice. impressed me. I really enjoyed that show. Okay, that's good. And then the third one is a show Mothman has not played yet. Ooh. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for that. I really am. Damn, Damn well, we will get to that soon. Damn, well played. Yeah, he just took... That was awesome. awesome. That was we should have awesome. made him go last. I know, shit. Like, God damn it, Brian, why'd you have this order? Sorry, guys. Follow that one. Started with the Secret Agent Man solo, now this. What are you going to fuck up next, huh? All right, Scott. Well, well played, Pops. Um, my favorite show I've ever been to um, was for the band Neutral Milk Hotel. Are you familiar with this band? Well, let's wait for this dang thing to stop beeping. Hey, that is a very oh. sentimental clock. So oh, all right. Oh. And there goes three strikes from the man. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Out of the band. <laughs> are y'all Are y'all familiar with that band, Neutral Milk Hotel? No, no. Okay. Never heard of them. Uh, they originated Sorry. from uh, Ruston, Louisiana, and uh, they they only released an EP and. A uh, one full-length album, and the full-length album is a concept album about uh, Anne Frank. Really? Yeah, and oh. it's it's one of these things that came out. It came out in the late '90s. I want to say '97. Please, nobody fact-check me on that. But <laughs> the music is unbelievable. Jeff Mangum, the the lead singer and 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 songwriter for them, is he's this fucking savant and it's like if you know the album you fall weirdly into it mm. it's very it's very indie rock and it's very like is it a concept lo-fi album? yeah and it's very lo-fi recording um but anyway claire and i when we first met one of the things that we connected on like three days into knowing each other was that we both knew this band and knew this album and, mm. and so we were both um, kind of like amazed that we both knew this band because mm-hmm. they're they're there's like four people that know that, known. Band yeah, know that like album. They're, they're not super widely known. You're half the population. <laughs> and so that was something that we connected on very early on. And then they played in Oakland at, um, not the Paramount, what's the other one in Oakland? Fox uh, The Fox. They played the Fox like five years ago, mm-hmm. four years ago. We got tickets. Um, we were super excited about it. Go to the show. And then a guy that we know works at the Fox. And he was like, hey. You guys just want to sit in the VIP section? And so he gives us bracelets, and we get to go to the VIP section right behind the soundboard. And so we're sitting behind the soundboard. We get private service, and then Neutral Milk Hotel goes on, and they play the the album in the airplane over the sea, front to back, song to song, and it sounds better than the recording, and it blows your fucking mind. And it's at the Fox, where the acoustics are just incredible. And we're right behind the soundboard, which means that it was mixed perfectly for us because the sound people mix it for them at that table and so it was this like an album that like made us fall in love with each other 
And then we're seeing it with the perfect mix. We're getting drinks brought to us. Best show I've ever been to. Like, it was just incredible. Neutral Milk Hotel. And if you haven't heard it, listening audience, listen to Neutral Milk Hotel in the airplane over the sea. Give it 10 listens, top to bottom, <laughs> over and over, and then you'll start understanding why I think it's such a phenomenal album. Because well, at you first, know you're not going to love it. Send, send that link on the chat. But that is absolutely <laughs> the best show I've ever been to. And it's the best show Claire has ever been to. It's It was just what a night it was. It was great. That's, that's nice. And then that band is on Spotify? or? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, if you ever watch Parks and Recs, you watch oh. Parks and Rec? Yep. I started watching it, but I haven't. <laughs> There's an episode where they do the, the, there's a relationship survey that they do. And then April Ludgate, oh my God, I love her. April Ludgate talks about her, my, her favorite musician is Jeff Mangum. And there's a whole conversation about mm -hmm. Neutral Milk Hotel. All right. <laughs> and so that's like the only reason anyone other than us would have heard of them is that April Ludgate on Parks and Rec also loved them. And so uh, anyway, yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be, dang, Roger Waters. I saw him a couple years ago. I wouldn't have wall. thought that. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> that's fucking, that's awesome, right? Yeah. For the wall? No, he us did um, uh, Us and Them. Yeah. The us and Them tour. I went to see him in uh, Oakland. I think it was the Oracle Arena. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> uh, no, I probably was probably, you know, by Oakland more than I do. <laughs> Just because I work there. <laughs> you knew the answer was a fox, and I live in Oakland. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was the that concert. Maybe it was because everyone was smoking pot around me, and I probably got a bit Contact. of it. Yeah, saw the dark side of the moon. <laughs> everyone, was, everyone was smoking all around. Yeah, I, marks. I yeah. don't smoke, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was the best oh, wow. show I've ever been to. I mean, uh, second close or like uh, a close would be uh, System Down because my first yeah. concert ever. Yeah, your first Usually concert. Yeah, yeah. So. And I'll Put copy, some in your brain. Yeah, I'll copy Pops and I'll be like, um, System of Down will be number one and Roger Waters will be number two. Just because System of Down was the very first concert I ever okay. went to. Okay. And I blew, like, I, I sang all the songs. I couldn't even talk after it. You blew? Okay. I blew out my freaking voice. Cool. Voice cord. Then I'm like going to backpedal really quickly then because right. I'm going to do a, a close second. Okay. Go for it. If that's fair. Yeah, go for it. I went to Memphis in May, which is a music festival in Memphis, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I went to the stage where Willie Nelson was going to be the final act. And I watched uh, Black Crows, which was awesome, uh, even though I'm not a huge fan, just watching them live. But I worked myself right to the front of the stage for Willie Nelson. Mm. And he blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Being nine feet away from Willie Nelson. Yeah. And his whole outfit, when he did Rainbow Connection with his guitar that's got that hole worn in it, yep. everyone in the crowd, blue fucking strap. We're talking 3,000 people in this crazy field just weeping when he's doing Kermit the Frog's song. I mean, it was incredible. So second favorite, Willie Nelson at Memphis in May. Okay. Yeah, so for me it would be, first would be System of Down 2015, and then second would be Roger Waters. From the most current, after I started going to more concerts, would be Roger Waters. But now I enjoy concerts, any concert I go to, whether it's, you know, going to see your band or when I'm playing concerts or anyone, it's, it's awesome. But uh, Susan Allen number one and Roger Waters number two, just because 
it was so amazing just yeah. to see him play all oh, the songs. Man, it's not you like should have seen the wall tour. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that the wall is amazing. I've seen him like three different locations. Oh, man. <laughs> Lucky. Pops, dude. Pops has all the stories. He's, he's got all the stories. <laughs> I was there for one of them. Oh, you were? Oh. Yeah, I saw Roger Waters do the wall. Oh. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. So. Um, about, right? Well, what about gutter, gutter mouth? And oh, Pennywise. I love this boy. I was so drunk that I don't remember the Pennywise set. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I don't remember the Pennywise set either because I was never you in there. there. I never saw Pennywise <laughs> play a single song. But, I mean, I did have fun the last, what was it, three or four songs I saw him play. I did go in the pit and it was way too slippery and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Because yeah, if I fell down, I probably would have been killed. Because so. we're old now. Yeah. That's the Sucks sad thing. To be, yeah. Let's be old, but yeah, yeah, that was a good show. I mean, that was the last show I went to. Well, the second last show before COVID. But yeah, Roger Waters. I mean, even the ending, he did like the mm-hmm. whole like little pyramid thing with the lights, and I was like, oh, oh that, 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 yeah, like, yeah, it was just so amazing. That must have been incredible. It was incredible. It was like the best show right after System Now because System Now was my first, but Roger Waters, yeah, it was just. And I bought tickets to go see him because of COVID, I couldn't go see him. I'm not even a Pink Floyd fan. But I really? would have. Well, I, I, I can only imagine what it's like. Like it's oh, one of those bands. I feel like Pink Floyd is one of those where it's just like I feel like they're overplayed and people uh, dote on them too much. But I can only imagine Roger Waters live would probably blow my fucking mind. Like I don't want to oh, sit down and listen. Either, either one. He, what he did was one of the things that he the did wall blew my mind, and I'm kind of in the same boat for you. Yeah. Like I, like I would never. And I would never actually really? like. I'd never be like. I'm oh, listening to that stuff they do. Yeah, maybe you're just always sad, so well, it doesn't hit you as hard. Yeah, well. I know. No, <laughs> you're so emo, dude. I know. A shout out to Joe though, because he got me into that one album called Animal, and he played like two or three songs from that album. Oh, that one's good. And I, if I, if I had never heard uh, Animal, I would have never known those songs. But yeah. since he showed me that album, uh, I knew those songs, and I was like, "Damn, these songs sound good live," and they were actually pretty good. And what Roger Waters did was. There was a song where it was kind of long, and he went, whoever was in the front row, he went down the whole freaking front row and shook everyone's hand. Ah, oh, come on. And I was That's like, cool. that. Uh, yeah. I went and cool. seen him before the wall tour, uh-huh. and I forget, in the flesh, I believe it was called. Like you're saying that he would have a pause when it's a long instrumental. Yeah. Where they're doing the keyboards and the guitar. Yeah. They went and played cards at the table. Wow. Yeah, awesome. seriously, I got a video of it. It's awesome, but I yeah. did see it live. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so Roger Waters would be number, that's number cool. two. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah, cool. really cool, really cool concert. All right, Chris. All right, well, <laughs> I also have a top three. Um, <laughs> number three is actually the last band that, or the last show I got to see pre uh, Global Bastard, and I saw them with you, Bryant. Yeah. which was Alter Bridge, which that was, was my birthday present. Yeah, super early birthday present, and. Um, that show was just friggin' outstanding because I knew every single song that they played. I sang along to every I single did. song that they played. Miles Kennedy killed it. That guy is my favorite singer, and for obvious reasons, because the dude is just outstanding. Um, the band was solid. Their drummer um, is just friggin' off the wall when it comes to how he plays. I didn't even know any of the songs, but they were really solid, too. I mean... Yeah, that's why they get paid the big bucks. And um, that was just, <laughs> it was that and going to see. It, it was that because they're, they're one of my favorite bands. They have my favorite singer. And um, it's a band I've been wanting to see for a long time. And going to see that band with my best friend makes it a lot, a lot more fun. 
Well, even the crowd, it wasn't like you would think that would be stereotypical rockers, but there was right. like all types of people. In yeah, there. and it was at the what was it the Regency Ballroom? Yeah, Regency Ballroom. Yeah, so that's a small place. Uh, it looks small, but then you get into it. Cause when you get into the main hall, it's it actually like filled we'll out. Oh yeah, we saw Ace there. Um, yeah. We so so like when I got in there, I thought I was gonna see like a bunch of like you know like older dudes or I like, said typical rockers, but we saw like all types of people. Like they look like IT people, you know, from you know. And they were all into it too. Which and they were cool. into it too, and then there's people trying to start mosh pits, and Chris and Chris was giving them dirty looks. I gave somebody a shoulder. It's ain't a mosh pit show. Also, Bridge is not. Yeah, not Somebody not started it, show. and then they came up and went up to me, and I just shouldered them back. I'm like, no, not here. Yeah. <laughs> then they stopped. They stopped right so after that. Once you go to a mosh pit, like on a close towards the entrance of the hall, <clears> didn't they? So it was just like they were just hitting each other, just like a two or four of them. And I was yeah. like, the rest of us were just like enjoying the show. I, I enjoyed the show for what it was. This ain't that show. And then, yeah, that this show. And then my second favorite show was uh at the same place regency was when we saw it when me and pop saw ace fraley because ace is my favorite musician it was a solo show what year was that that was i think 2008 i was still in high school um and he was getting ready to come on stage and we were kind (laughs) of in the back because uh the bar was over by there and and um pops and uh, pops and uncle (laughs) matt were uh over there and then Pops looks at me and goes, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Ace is about to go on. I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting for you guys. Fucking wait for us. Go to the fucking front. And so I just went because it was a general admission. And I went and I was probably third row. And um, Ace did his guitar solo and I couldn't breathe because he had the smoking guitar. And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) I knew all the words to everything that um, he was playing and played all the Kiss classics, played a lot of his solo stuff that I love. And then my favorite show that I ever went to was Iron Maiden at Concord Pavilion, May 15th, I think it was. It was sophomore year of high school. And um, I remember because it was before my birthday, like my birthday was that week. And Pops had bought tickets for himself, my sister, Uncle Matt. And I think one of Ashley's friends, or they got tickets. And he said, okay, yeah, these are the tickets I got. And I was all like, okay, well, where's my ticket? I didn't get you a ticket. I'm like, what? And um, so, like, I was all freaking butthurt about it. And I was, like, all pissed <laughs> off. And, like, didn't talk to him, like, that whole <laughs> week, basically. Yeah, I guess it was a surprise. Well, he hands me a card. He gives me a card. And it's got, uh, it's got money in it. And he said, hey, why don't you give this money to your sister to pick out a shirt for you? At the show, and I'm like, this motherfucker <laughs> is giving me money for a shirt, but that's it. And then behind, then there was another card underneath it on the table, and I open it up, and he goes, or maybe you could just take this ticket and go yourself. Pops. And I'm like, yeah, you got to be so. fucking kidding that's me. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, yeah. like, I'm not going to lie. I almost cried because, like, because I remember. the Giants in San Francisco. We, we can talk about that after. <laughs> um but um like i freaking got the ticket and i'm like you gotta be shitting me and um i go there and iron maiden mostly in high school was when i got into them and that's my second favorite band behind kiss and um i knew every song they were playing knew what they were going to open with and i was just like blown out of my mind the whole time and um 
you know, I still have the shirt from that show. I still have the poster up on my wall from that show. Um, you know, they were, they were solid. The whole night Bruce Dickinson was fucking on top of it. And, um, I think mostly the events leading up to that, you know, thinking I wasn't going to go. That's why it's your favorite. That's why it's my favorite. Then getting to go the suspense, but then it actually being an amazing show just made it that much better because they played, they played everything. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) we actually got closer too. Um, yeah, I think we ended up getting a little closer too. And, um, so that's awesome. Yeah, the fact that we were able to do that was pretty damn. Uh, I'm gonna steal that idea from Pops one day. Right, <laughs> right. Hey, I thought I did all right. You know, we took Pops to go see Rush the very last time they played in yeah. in the Bay Area. Um, but um, yeah, that one. Have a gig with the Mothman, man. That one stands out. Um, <laughs> that one stands out for me, largely because of like the situation ahead of that event. Second is Ace. Surprisingly, Kiss isn't in my top three, but they're in my top five for sure. But um, other than that, I mean, any other any other thoughts from you guys? Last comments before we wrap this thing up. Well, I just like to be happy that I'm in a band right now because it's been a while, mm. and looking forward to look uh, playing in front of some people when this virus gets out of the way mm. and we can do it. I'm very looking forward to that. I love playing with these guys. Hope to be able to do it for years to come. I second that. Yeah, that's great. I'm very excited about playing a live show. I'm excited uh, that things are calming down and the vaccine is around, which means that uh, my quarantine uh, has loosened its grip and uh, we can start practicing and we have something to actually practice for. And there's like a show on the horizon and um, I have hella fun. You guys are a lot of fun. Like every nice. time that we get together for practice, like it's such an adrenaline rush. It's a lot of fun to be a part of this band. Um, and I'm excited to get the ball rolling again. Yeah, I would say the same thing. It's always fun. Even just hanging out and talking. It's totally, really, totally. Really I mean, fun this to is do. great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is really fun. So for me, I haven't been in many bands, but I've been fortunate enough to be in band. like the very few bands, like the three bands I've been in, I've been bands I really like, so there's another band that I really like being and playing and practicing and putting all my effort into it, so it pays off when everyone puts their part. I can honestly say, Brian, from a personal experience of (laughs) being around (laughs) your music caliber since you kind of started, because I think we started playing kind of around the time you've, like, first, like, getting serious about it, right? Yeah, with the first band, I started getting kind of serious. Because I envisioned the first band, which was um, everyone's favorite band. I was like, oh, well, maybe this band, even if we switch out members, so we're switching out. I still hate that New York guy. But when we're switching out that... <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> when we're switching out band guy. members... We were like, switching out band members. We were switching out guitarists. Guy, he, <laughs> <it did laughs> guitarists. guitarists. Yeah, guitarists. But then I was like, well, maybe if someone switches out, and then we like uh, get another singer, because j- we finished after Joe. But I was like, oh, this could be a good thing. And I like the band name. I like the music that we kind of did, but we could probably do better, and then I got more serious about it. But then after that, you know, whatever. Yeah, but you've absolutely come a long way as a musician in the so time that I've known you. No, you know how to play. You're a monster guitar player. You know how to play, and you're a perfectionist. 
kind of uh, like Richie am, Blackmore, and sometimes I, you're an asshole, but you know every <laughs> band has their asshole, and yours, you're ours. No, I, I have to say the shit's got to come out of somewhere, man. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. You got to seismic toss those bowels. <laughs> no, no, we love you, Brian. Now, I am a perfectionist, though, so I, I don't like fucking up songs or whatever. Um. For me, um, <laughs> you know, like this band, this band I do take seriously to an extent because, you know, I want to play things well and I want people to enjoy hearing what we play. Amen. Um, but I did have the brainchild of this band for yeah. it to be fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I get to play music with two of my best friends and with my father, who I've looked up to ever since my brain could register looking up until I grew taller than him. Then I kind of <laughs> physically have to look down, but you know, it's not an insult. And, um, you know, it was really cool of him to, you know, want to play bass and change instruments to be able to play, but, you know, it gives us a little bit more time to hang out. Um, you know, then, uh, Scott and I work together, but you know, it's, uh, it's fun to be able to hang out with, uh, not being under a house or, over a house <laughs> or in or somebody else or in the middle, else, of, a in the middle of a house yeah and so uh, listen, what you do? where do we work at we're, we're gonna disclose that at another time <laughs> but um yeah then brian you know you and i hang out any chance we get but this Fair is just enough. this is just more to where we get to put our two heads together and uh create musical fusion and yeah. um you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully things lightening up a little bit to where we can play in front of people, whether it be 5, 10, 15, yeah, and, and 200. Yeah, hopefully the listeners will be able to come too, you know. They yeah. Be curious. And, um, you know, there could be something on the horizon, but, um, you know, we're not going to disclose that really until permission is given. Yep. And, so um, and two, until we find out more. And if it, you know, if it is something that can come to fruition, you know, we hope to get some people out and check us out because we have a lot of fun doing this when we're able to do it. Um, I could honestly say that, you know, whenever we finish practice, I have a big smile on my face and on the brink of passing out because I always go ham every single second of whenever we play. Fact. But um, no, it's something that I have a lot of fun with. And, you know, we get to pick out some songs that I either really enjoy or songs I've had no idea about ever in my life and come to really oh, enjoy oh, them. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing about this band. Like, I get to find songs from you guys that I've never heard, and I'm like, these songs are actually hot that I've never listened the to. the same way. Yeah, yeah no, it's like... That's, yeah, Pops looks at the set. Nothing's before it. Nothing's yeah. after it's, it's really funny because something, something that this band has done for me, it's like it's opened up my eyes to music that I've never actively listened to. Yeah, like... Chris knows very well that I hate 80s rock. I fucking hate it with a passion. But Pops oh, put that White Snake song, and I, he actually—he just it. kind of offended Pops by that. Sorry, but he put that one White Snake song. I was like, I guess White Snake. Oh shit! So that shit. White Snake song. That, that White Snake. That White Snake. <laughs> that White Snake remember. song is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, as I listen through the playlist, but that one was it. Ain't no love. Yeah. Love ain't no stranger. Or ain't no, no love, ain't no love in a city or something. Ain't no love in a city. Ain't no love in a stranger. Dude, that song. You don't like that one. Why not? Fucking banger. Well, you don't I, like that? Well, probably no, you just don't like good music. 
Like, <laughs> I listened through the set list and then it came on that, and I was like, oh, no, shit. Ain't no love ain't cool. This song has more than three chords. I don't like it. <laughs> that motherfucker is right there, number one. Woo, that song is a banger. But no, anyway, Ain't that, No Love in the City. Free. Ain't No Love in the City is actually a good song. I actually like it. I like the changes and everything. I learned the song back to back. I just didn't know the solo. But it is something funny. It's kind of like I'm singing songs that I never would have, like, like I just wouldn't have listened to. Cat and people. I think that that's something that's really cat people. Cat, I never instance. knew about cat people. Yeah. I never knew about cat people. Yep. And I've listened to David Bowie my entire life, and I never knew oh, the song cat people. Yeah, and so, now it's one of my favorites to that, sing because it gives me. I'm way down here and I'm way up here. Like, I'm all over the place in that song. Yeah, Yeah, that's something cool for those listeners if they want to come. Killer Clowns, none of us knew about that song. Yep. So, like, for anyone that's listening to this podcast, you know, they'll be able to get a taste of different types of genres, but at our own, you know, the way that we. Well, that's what I like because if you look at. The other people's set list. Yeah, they're just it's, like it's that. Just like very same thing. Yeah, same yeah. Heard of. And we got a variety. Yeah, the That's fucking cool Menzingers. Yeah. yeah, the Menzingers. Yeah. You had never heard Menzingers, right? He had never heard Cheap Trick. I heard about it. <laughs> like I, the knew, I knew about I the Menzingers. I didn't know about that song's <laughs> Well, I knew about. I don't want to be an asshole, but I didn't know about Cheap Trick, which blows my mind. Actually, it doesn't blow my mind because you went to your first concert three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. and then, yeah. uh, we should we should wrap this up, but, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> we should wrap this up. But it's anyway, um, thank you all for uh, again listening. Um, and uh, again, we are Mothmen Cometh. Yes. Really quickly before we hang up, I have to give a plug for my other podcast. Yes. Oh yeah. Just really quickly, Scott I does have a podcast. It. Give yep. yourself a plug. Just really quickly, I uh, there's an outlet over there. <laughs> I have a podcast called Three is the Funniest Number uh, with my friends Ryan and Jan. It is a stream of consciousness podcast. There is never a single topic. It's the three of us in a room talking about whatever pops into our brains at that moment. Uh, you can find it on all your streaming services, except for Spotify, which doesn't make any sense because Anchor is owned by Spotify and it's through Anchor. But you can find it anywhere but Anchor. Three is the Funniest Number with Scott, Ryan, and Jan. Thank you. Check it out because there are some hilarious outbursts that just fucking happen on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Scott's the one that got us into using whatever we use, right? Scott got us into Scott got us into podcasting. Yeah. So if you don't listen to anything besides the Dickies or Killer Clowns, listen to Scott's podcast. Yes. Three is the funniest number. Yep. Three is the funniest number. And um, yeah, we're. Um, going to close this one out and we hope you all enjoyed it. And also we have other episodes up, so feel free to check those out as well. If you haven't already, we appreciate uh, those who have listened and we hope to continue to grow this audience and build up a brand. Yeah. Hopefully they keep listening. So, you know, once we have a show coming up with Mothman, we'll promote it and, you know, they can come see us and they'll support us and we'll appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And Mothman Cometh are flying away.